0: Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at cceldoret.org. That is cc.eldoret.org, And here is today's word.
1: Good morning. It's good to see you today. It's a happy Sunday, and I am happy. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. <laughs> oh, man, we thank God for you guys for being here. What an encouragement to see all of you gathered in the name of the Lord. Gathered so that we can give praises to our most high God. I'm very blessed that we are here this Sunday. We go through God's words here at church and today we'll be studying a topical teaching from uh, Philippians chapter 3. That is where we will be at. Um, Last week, one of our, well our topical sermon was about Forgiveness. And, uh, you know, those guys who came and shared how the Lord had helped them out of this situation, we really appreciate your, your courage to share about those heavy and deep stuff that you shared with us during the week. And that is important. It is important to know that God works in us and through us, through His Word that lives can be changed, that our perception, the things we were holding on to, God can help us to let go of things so that we can experience a freshness in Christ. There's forgiveness in Christ and in Christ alone. And today, we'll have another subject before next week we we'll begin the book of Ephesians. But today, I want us to look into something that Paul's talked about, and that is the grand chase after happiness. The grand chase after happiness. People want to be happy. I want to be happy. You want to be happy. But every other person has their own source of trying to get the happiness. So let us pray before we get into God's Word. Father Lord, we thank you again, thank you for the privilege, and we thank you for this time and all of us who are gathered in your name to receive from you. We ask that your Holy Spirit will quicken our understanding to receive from you and to get what you are saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. This is what the Bible says. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but to you is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. the law a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted laws for Christ." In Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for, what, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example, and not those who so walk as you have asked for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often, And now tell you, even weeping, that they are of the enemy, they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose god is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. The wonderful piece that. Uh, Paul wrote to the Philippians. We are not going to do an in-depth study of this chapter, but we are going to pick a few things that will help us to um, get to our subject today. Subject of happiness. Or in other words, I would ask, are you happy? (laughs) Some of you will be like, yeah, I I think I'm happy. (laughs) I'm happy where I am. I'm happy with what I got. I am happy because I'm happy, (laughs) you know. But happiness has so many definitions from many people. Happiness has so many things attached to it. So the scientists, this is happiness according to them. Number one, they have three things. Number one is pleasure. They say doing things you enjoy doing. Is that a right thing to do? I don't know, you will choose at the end of the day. They say it's pleasure. That is doing the things you enjoy doing. The follow-up question would be what are the things you enjoy doing? You enjoy robbing people? That makes you happy? You enjoy being corrupt, that makes you happy. You enjoy stealing from your boss, that temporarily makes you happy because you have extra money that is not legally yours. What really makes you happy? And number two, they talk of engagement. That is feeling interested in your own activities and connected to others. Let's engage in this. Let's engage, you know, even when people meet and they talk, you, 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 you get these languages. Let's engage. <laughs> let's engage, let's, let's sit down over coffee. Let's engage, let's talk about this. What really connects you to people? What is the connection? I don't know what connects you to people. Have you seen something in them that you want to take advantage of? That is why you are feeling connected to them? Are you connected to people because you really want to help them? Are you connected to people? For what reason are you connected to people? And then the last thing they talk about, meaning. Feeling like you do matter. So the follow-up question will be, what fulfills you? Because we want to do the things that matters, lot. I don't know to what capacity, but everyone wants a sense of importance. I want to be important. I want the things I say to matter to people. My projects, my family, my job, everything. A general majority also thinks that happiness is found in number one relationship, especially marriage. Others things is education, and others things is a financial stability. The above mentions are not necessarily bad, but if your pursuit of them is to make you happy you then become an idol worshipper. Because now you're not worshipping God, you're not giving your allegiance to God, you are worshipping other things. That is your money, your wife or your husband or your children, do you know you can do that a lot? Without even realizing. This past Thursday we Began the book of First Samuel, hoping that all of you would join us. <laughs> the book of First Samuel very important. The things we learned on Thursday about Elkanah, about Eli, the priest, about Penina. It's. Sometimes we think, actually, we can find fulfillment in our spouses. So the story, you guys know the story of Hannah, that she didn't have children, and Penina had children. And this grieved her a lot. She prayed many times about it, many times. And because this was a situation that the husband was aware also, she knew that they didn't, he didn't have a child with, Hannah, and at some point he said, hey, am I not better to you than 10 sons? Why are you weeping? Why are you not eating food? Why are you grieved in your heart? And you know, sometimes actually women, those who are married, they might think that their husband are unaware of the situation. Why? Because they're not talking about it. But I just want to remind you that the husband know the situation. Though they don't talk about it as you think they should, but they know it. Elkanah was conversant. He knew what was happening with them. And I think probably when she was praying at first, she prayed that she would get a son and present this son to the husband, and this pain will be gone. The pain of childlessness will be gone. Why? Because I have something to present to my husband. She prayed for many years. But at last when she prayed a different prayer and said, God, if you'd give me a male child, this child would be a Nazarite. He'll be a Nazarene. You'll give me this child, I'll take it back to you. And God honored that prayer. She was given a child, and after the child was wind, she took the child to the priest, Eli. How many women can do that? (laughs) Or parents can do that? Like, I prayed, God, that if you give me this child, this child will serve you, this child will be, live in your house, technically. And then you have the child and voila. <laughs> Thank you for your blessing and life goes on. We forget. But the other thing I'm getting also from this, that the fact that, Elkanah said to her, am I better to you than 10 sons? Prove that Elkanah was not able to solve this problem. That means don't you ever think that your spouse will always solve this kind of problems. There are things that you will have to take them before the cross. Take them to God. We are human and we are limited. We'll pray to God and ask for God to answer them or God to respond to them. And in his own time, he shows up. We are not all knowing. We depend on God. We don't know everything. You as a wife, you don't know everything. You as a husband, you don't know everything. You gotta depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you. Some will try to find happiness in marriages. They say, I've seen so and so. They are happy. I've seen this work. And it is good that you've seen marriages that work. And, you know, we, we encourage people to get married. We encourage, you know, those who are married to encourage younger people to get married to. But don't you ever think that marriage as it is will solve your problems? It doesn't solve people's problem. So if that was your idea, that I will find fulfillment, I'll find happiness, I'll find joy, all my financial problems will be solved, you know, he will take me to school, all those things. If you think marriage will do that, you're probably mistaken. For some other people, it is education. They will do whatever it takes to get educated. And I would say to us as a church, education is perfectly well. Because sometimes when we, we, we mention this, people think like, ah, yeah, that pastor said, you know, we're done with school. We shouldn't go to school. No. School is good. What I'm trying to say, if you make these things the ultimate, then you're making them an idol. Making them an idol. Some people have many degrees, many achievements. You can go back to your closet and open and find this certificate of this, certificate of this, certificate and degree of this, and this is my first masters, and the second one, and the third one, and you're still pursuing them. The very first time you graduated, you were so thrilled. You invited a lot of people and they showed up. And all they were saying is congratulations. They gave you cards, they gave you a lot of things. And this made your heart so happy. And you thought, man, how do I keep on this frenzy? How do I keep this atmosphere around me? I want people to applause me. I want people to clap for me again. I want people to see what I have achieved. You know what happens on your graduation day that your name will be called and people will clap and people will stand up? But you know what? They'll not stand up there forever. They will stand up and after a few minutes, they will be seated and actually after a few minutes, after you have received your certificate, they will walk away and go to their very homes. And you will be left alone with your close people, your parents, your spouse, your children and everyone is proud of you. And for a moment, you'll be like, man, I thought these people were supposed to stick around. They just disappeared, all of them. And so for you to try to maintain that, what do you do? Apply for the next college. The next thing that is gonna happen. So that at the end of two years, three years, they'll come back again and say, well done, well done, you did it. And then they disappear. And then you invite them again. The question is, does that really fulfill you? Why is it just fulfilling you for one day and then the next day you're trying to find another replacement? You can go to school until you're 95. (laughs) Will that really fulfill you? for many, many other people, is financial stability. That if we don't have money for this and that and that and that, we are miserable. Many of you would remember that at one point you ask, you pray to God and you ask that he would give you a job. And you guys have jobs, right? and businesses, and things to do. As soon as you got them, you didn't even remember that this was an answered prayer. What you're crying for is a raise, or a better job, or something that is, you know, we always want things. I want things, I want things. Thinking that it will fulfill you, or it will fill that void in the inside of you. So all we do is, just let, let's get money. Let's get it, let's get it. It's not evil to get money. In fact, if you get some, please bring to church. We need them. <laughs> we need a lot of money for a lot of projects to go out and um, share the gospel out there. All these things, they are not evil. But when we make them to be the ultimate, we are sinning against God, making them to be idols. These things are also, they are very temporary. Paul is reminding us through this letter, he's saying our citizenship is of heaven. We are here just temporarily for a short few years and we'll be gone. Why focus on the things that will, you live here but the things that are heavenly, we barely pay attention to them. He say, I will never get tired writing these things to you. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious. I don't get tired. Why, I want you guys to be sober. How you approach relationship. Sobriety on how you approach education. Sobriety on how you approach finances. All these things. Be sober. But a few things that he mentioned to us that will help us get this. Say, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh have no confidence in the flesh. As he was writing to them this letter, he had known what was happening in the church. He had had testimonies of how people are thinking they're very important because they come from this family, they are Hebrew people, they're so important more than the Gentiles and they, they, they are highly favored more than the rest. And he says, though I may also have confidence in the flesh. In a, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm also. So if you think you have all what it takes to have confidence in the flesh, let me tell you what I have first, so that you'll think about yours. Say, so says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, And I am also from the tribe of Benjamin. These people were strong in battle. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin and a Hebrew of the Hebrews. And who are you again? I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, I am a Pharisee. I've done all the requirements to become a Pharisee. All the five books of the law, I have them at fingertips. I can tell you what, it, what is written in there. I follow everything to the letter. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. zealers for the church in terms of killing them. Those who are followers of Jesus Christ, I don't want the church, I didn't want the church to exist because they were a threat to who we are. So what do, did I do? Kill them. Kill them, persecute them. And concerning righteousness which is in the law, I am what? Blameless. <laughs> the righteousness that comes with the law, I am blameless. So, in other words, they say, hey, so you guys who are boasting about your resumes and all this stuff, can you say something about yourself? Now that I have tabled mine, what do you have? What do you have? But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. I've counted all these things lost, for who? For Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. In other words, he's saying, hey, all the things that I've achieved in this life, they are not important as my pursuit of Christ. All these things, they don't give me or they don't bring fulfillment to me apart from Christ Jesus. If my fulfillment is not in Jesus Christ, I'll be a worthless human being. I'll be miserable. Because these things, they can disappear. You read in the Bible, in Proverbs, it say, these riches, they grow wings. They disappear. (laughs) It's like they listen to people. (laughs) They have ears. They disappear. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. And this is what I do as Paul. And at the end he will tell us to imitate him, to follow him, follow the example. He says, that I may know him, know who? Know Christ. Yes, I've heard people talk about Jesus. I've heard people sing about Jesus. I've heard words said about Jesus. But do I intimately know him? There's a difference. Big difference. Knowing about him and actually knowing him intimately. Many people in the world, they just know about him. They know the many good things he's done. The many miracles he's performed. They know about all these things. but do they really know him? So that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Christ's resurrection made a big change in the life of Paul and other people like us, like you and I. That before that, He was comfortably a Pharisee who was trying to follow the law. He was a Pharisee who was blameless in terms of what the law provides. But then the teaching of Jesus is, no, your righteousness is as filthy rugs. And this was not something that the Pharisees would buy. If he said that your righteousness is as filthy rugs, And according to you, you have fulfilled all the things that gives you righteousness through the law. What kind of man are we talking about here? Who is he? Who is this man? That is why he persecuted the church. But when the Lord Jesus appeared to him, man, that was, A great deal to this man. Leaving all his other assignments to follow Jesus. He was a murderer, and right now he's willing to be murdered for the sake of Christ. How many of us are willing to die? Uh, we still want to keep our lives, right? But I say, I want to know this power that brought him from the dead. This is something I have not experienced before. All my colleagues, they don't talk about resurrection and if they talk about it, it's a crooked way of talking about it. It's a misinformed way of talking about resurrection. But man, this guy died and he resurrected and his disciples are multiplying like wildfire. They're spreading. I want to know this. I want to know. This power. Do you know what this power has done throughout the Bible? That this power has parted the sea, became a dry land. This power has showed up in the bush. It became fire. This same power showed up and those people who had died long time ago, they became a mighty army. This power had made dried bones come to life. And this power has saved you and I. This is the very power that Paul is saying that I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. And not only that, and the fellowship of his suffering the coming together of this suffering, the bond of this suffering, I want to experience this. I don't know if any one of us has (laughs) ever thought of writing something like this. That you want to to fellowship with suffering? But he said one thing, that being conformed, Because you know that through all these things that are happening, through him knowing Jesus and the power that rose him from the dead, being together, glued together through these sufferings, what happens? That at the end of the day, we'll be conformed to his death. I want to be conformed to the death. I would ask us again, are we happy? (laughs) Don't vote for that guy that is dropping the service. If by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may hold of that which, for that which Christ Jesus also holds of me. And they say a very humbling statement here, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I do not count myself to have freed. This is humility. Because many people, if they have some sort of achievement, they will brag about it. The whole world will know. You know, about their degrees, about what they have achieved, about, you know, the many pieces of land they own and all this, and all these crazy things. They'll brag about all these things. But Paul is saying, I am not there yet. First of all, all I knew that was important to me, I've left it. I'm counting it as rubbish for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, I want to know Jesus and to make him known to the world. That is my ultimate purpose in this life. I don't know about yours. I don't know about yours. This is what makes Paul happy. (laughs) Where is true happiness or joy? True happiness and joy is found in Christ and through him alone. And also to know him is to know happiness. If you know Christ, you know happiness. The overwhelming joy that springs from our Lord. This will be evident to you when you know him personally. Not just hearing about stories about Jesus. Not just singing about him. I don't want to sing to him. I I want to have intimate relations with Him. These words we say, these words we sing, do they mean anything to us? Say the other thing that would make you happy, according to Paul, is holding on to Christ. Holding on to what Christ is. That is what will make you happy. And what will make you happy again? Humility. Humble yourself. And in due time, God will lift you up. He's saying from his heart that, hey, I have not arrived. As opposed to what the world says. They have arrived. They have arrived. They have it. They have it all. What is the source of your happiness? Did the pandemic come and rob you of your joy and happiness? (laughs) And what other people are looking for and they're praying for and say hey, we are praying that normalcy will come back. (laughs) Are you eager for Jesus to come back or eager for normalcy to return? Which one? Let me tell you the good news about it is that no will never return. <laughs> Nothing. You better brace yourself, honor God with your life, because you do not know what tomorrow holds. But if you know he who holds tomorrow, you are in safe hands. I too do not know about tomorrow. What I know is I'm worshiping the one who holds tomorrow. You see, I have I do not count myself to have done what? To have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. This is another source of happiness. Forgetting the former. I don't know what these former things have done to you, but forget about them. Move forward afresh. If you don't have any fresh thing to look forward to, ask God. He will give you. He will reveal things to you. You say, I don't, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And doing what? Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. It's like the, the marriage thing. It's leaving and cleaving. It's not leaving and you are in the middle somewhere, you're still figuring out things. (laughs) There's no in-between, there's no gray line. You leave and cleave. So you, you want to experience joy and happiness in Christ? You gotta leave those things behind and move forward. Some of you are trying to leave things behind and you want to drag others with you. You want to take them with you. Like, no, I have this very important degree. These people, they have to know about this. <laughs> I have this. They, they have to know about this. You know, my, my wife is like a trophy wife. These people, they gotta know. <laughs> my husband, they have to know. The whole world must know about it. And if they say nothing about you on, on social media because we are crazy about me, about things, they're like, hey, you, you never post me again. <laughs> Nowadays, you don't. <laughs> you see where people are trying to find fulfillment and happiness? That if you, if you don't post them, they're mad. If you don't write anything, if they're not in your status and uh, whatever, Snapchat, Chat snap, whatever. You feel like the, the fire, the love is growing cold because they don't do these things. This is what Charles Spurgeon says. Say that I have noticed that people who have nothing to do but to sit down and stare into the back hole of their own nature are generally very sad. They're generally very sad and not often very vicious. But they who, knowing how dark and sinful their nature is, They trust Jesus for salvation and then spend their lives in doing the will of the Lord. These are they who are both holy and happy. Because I know my estate. I know who I am. I can look back and say, oh, I have a dark past. But then I have the giver of Light. Jesus Christ! Do I want to do His will, or I want to sit back and stare at my past, trying to get a hold of everything? No, these people—they are very normally very sad, sad, gloomy faces. There's nothing to draw from them. But there are people you look at their faces and their lives, and you're like, yeah, these people are happy. They are happy people, and one tip for the men: they say to you, the happy wife. <laughs> I was told that before I got married. Say, happy wife, happy life. It's true, though. I know it. Paul is saying. I am forgetting all these things. And I'm doing what? I'm focusing on the things that are ahead. And he says in verse 14, that I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, this is not just pressing because I need this to work. Not pressing because I need a lot of money. But he say, I press towards the goal for the price of the what? The upward. That means as he's writing to them, his eyeballs are focused on the heavenly things. Yes, I know we can enjoy whatever we have right now. But better than that is what we are looking forward to in the heaven. I don't know if you guys are looking forward to being in heaven. I don't know if you're looking forward to meeting Jesus. Because we are frustrated with this life every day. Every day frustration comes. Every day heartaches. Every day unforgiveness comes to us. But then Paul is saying, I press towards the goal. Like an Olympic guy who wins the medal. It doesn't matter how tired they were while running. All they know is they have the gold and that brings them the satisfaction. We'll have hurdles, we'll have troubles in this world. But are you focused? On the heavenly things or the earthly things. What fulfills you? What makes you happy? Some of you are happy, some of you are not. Some of you are thinking, because I don't have a job, I'm not supposed to be happy. Because your happiness is pegged to what? Finding a job. And then you find a job you want to raise. You find a raise, you have another boss that you don't like. There will always be things that you won't like. But does that mean that we shouldn't be happy in this life? As I bring the worship team to come, I just want you to think about this subject again. Are you happy? And what is the source of your happiness? Is it in Christ Jesus or these temporal things that we see? We won't find true happiness by looking back. He tells us, I leave everything behind and I press forward, looking forward to the heavenly prize. Looking forward to the heavenly prize. But we can find happiness and joy by looking forward. Looking forward. Looking ahead. And it is definite that when we look up to Jesus, we will be happy. Looking up to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking up to Jesus. I don't know what you're looking up to in terms of fulfillment here on earth. I don't know what's your pursuit in this life. Everyone is chasing happiness, but in different places. the pleasures of the world, the activities, the engagements that we have that makes us feel important. When these activities fail, do we still feel important? Do we? I just want you guys to reflect on that, the source of your happiness. the source of your joy. Because Paul knew one thing, that if I know Christ, I will know joy. If I know Christ, I will know happiness. If I know Christ, I will know peace. But apart from Christ, all these things will come down crumbling because they don't have sustenance they don't stay there forever I hope every one of you would say that all I want is Jesus all I need is Jesus I love this old hymn that say give me Jesus You can have all the world. You can have everything you want. But give me Jesus. Is Jesus the one you're looking for when you wake up? When you're alone? At your deathbed someday? Will you say, give me Jesus? Or you'll say, give me my phone, I want to check my m balance. <laughs> Sometimes it's even depressing when you check your balance, right? You think you have tons of money, you look at your balance, and confidently, Safaricom people, they tell you, and your balance is zero. <laughs> you want to do something about it? <laughs> oh... And these banks, they keep on sending messages to you. You qualify to take 10,000 loan. You qualify for 15,000. You qualify. No, I'm sending you a message and telling you, you qualify for heaven when you make Jesus your ultimate. All these are the things that will pass away. But if you have Jesus you're safe. I want you to bow down your head and think about where you are sourcing your joy. If it's not from Christ, ask him to forgive you. If it's from Christ, continue trusting on him. Lord, it is you alone we desire. It is you alone we need. When we rise up in the morning, when we are alone, when we go about our businesses, it is you we need. Help us to really focus on you. Many of us are focused on the things we don't have. And it's robbing us the joy of enjoying your presence. How we pray, oh God, that you'll fill us with a spirit of wisdom that we'll know that the things we see in the world, the things we crave for, they're just temporal. They are to help us to accomplish some things here on earth. But they are temporal. But you are eternal. Help us to focus on you because you are eternal. Those of us who are focusing on on other things, Lord, help us. Help us. The things that we need to let go help us the sins that we need to repent of help us just help us god and may we find true joy and true happiness as we give to you this morning we know that you are the ultimate giver you gave your only son for us you are our example and as we give to you this morning may we give the much we have purpose in our hearts for the sake of your kingdom we pray this in jesus name amen
0: Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at org or call us at 0718-012-496. thats is See you next time.